I, I would describe my circumstances as now if I were if I were really to, to speak from from the heart please speak from the heart I suppose I'm trying to get at the problem from a, a wide lens a, a, a long view hey welcome to the fourth episode of wide lens long view my name is Jeremy Wolf uh, so-called life coach from the greater Philadelphia area who remains pretty dissatisfied with that job title. I'm taking listener submissions if someone out there's got a less off-putting name for whatever the endeavor of personal support might be called. We can work on it. Let's work on it collectively. It'll be great. As ever, if anything we get into today intrigues or resonates with you, feel free to hit me up contact infos in the show notes, which is really just widelenslongview at gmail.com, but that's where I'm at. Maybe you want to get a conversation started. That's where to do it. Email me. We can set up a phone or video convo and see if my style of life coaching might be helpful to you. Sound good? Sounds awesome to me. So let's leave it there and jump into a really fun conversation about dreams magic, and the moonlit aspects of the human experience. Listeners familiar with my work will know that I haven't got much patience for performativity and self-important woo-woo thinking. I'm a thoroughly grounded person who just feels a little bit thunderstruck when someone says something like, everything has a rational explanation. What an oddly combative way of trying to operate in our world based on what we actually experience and demonstrably untrue. Here, let me show you. If you are a person who has spent some time alive on earth, I'm willing to bet you've probably had a dream while sleeping somewhere along in your journey. Yeah, you've dreamt. That is to say, You've experienced a weird, perhaps illogical, magic picture show playing out unprompted in your sleeping mind? Dreaming is an irreconcilably strange phenomenon from the post-age-of-reason scientific rationalism perspective. In our contemporary, developed-world, reason-centric approach, it's really hard to figure out what dreaming is good for or why it developed evolutionarily. And there's a line of thought worth spending some time with here, contemplating how we prioritize what gets our attention as a species of scientists. We split the atom, yep, normal daily task for us now. Don't know why we all dream, though. We apply the scientific method our formidable powers of observation, reason, and debate, and centuries of inherited knowledge to our thorniest problems. And we've done very well by that approach. We live in an age of unprecedented wonders in many ways. But some things are just sort of weird. Some things are... Dreaming is weird. Fireflies are weird. Our ability to perceive beauty in a rainbow is weird. We know how these things work, and that's not without value or meaning. But to understand the how of a firefly is very different from understanding the why. Check it out. 
If Firefly's bioluminescence was simply a superior evolutionary design, it would be logical then to assume that more species competing in the same niches would also develop similar bioluminescent adaptations, no? By that same logic, if it was a disadvantage to have a glowing butt, fireflies would not have the robust environmental presence they currently enjoy. Through either lens, we end up in a weird place where fireflies are sort of a strange evolutionary phenomenon, one of literally billions, many even more Alice in Wonderland than they are. But instead of stopping there, just settling for, hmm, the subject is weird, but that's just about the subject, I want to bring up that in those moments, it's also worth asking if we're using the right tools in our line of inquiry. In the case of our little firefly, if we're looking for a rational explanation for her phenomenology, we may not be looking at her with our most suitable tool. Let's switch gears for a moment. Humans make art. We make music. We are entertained by, even fall in love with, stories of imaginary people, places, and phenomena. And we can get real off trail, hypothesizing evolutionary purpose and all that. And that's, again, a very worthy conversation to have, a worthy train of thought to pursue, even if only on your own. But all of that misses something really central. We don't need to answer the question of dreaming with an airtight, rational solution. Hmm? Dreaming is not a problem to be solved. We dream, and it does not want for our opinion. All right. In the interest of establishing some operational definitions, we might agree that what we can parse and neatly understand, we can call that scientific or empirical knowledge. A bright sunlit field where things are knowable, measurable, repeatable, predictable. What a wonderful place to be. We can all see the appeal, and the appeal is massive. Being able to know a thing is generally better than not being able to know a thing. And let's call, for the purposes of this conversation, things that fall outside of that field, magic. By magic, we don't have to mean fireballs shooting from your hands or some weirdo in a tux disappearing the Statue of Liberty. That's not magic, anyhow, as much as it's entertainment. Delightful, sure, but not our daily reality. In fact, magic, as we're talking about it, is far less pyroclastic and far more pedestrian. It's dreaming. Hmm? It's the simple fact that fireflies exist and we respond to their existence with wonder and delight. You want to know what magic is? Here's an example I've used before, and it'll probably come up again in the show, but I think it's a good one. Magic is you writing something on a piece of paper. Let's say it's something funny, maybe something sad, even something infuriating. Anyhow, you leave it on a table for me to find, and then you leave the room. Now, 
What we're talking about here is some symbols, yeah? Squiggly letters, characters, hieroglyphics, symbols. But I'm looking at these symbols and they're decoding into thoughts and concepts in my mind. And now, just by looking at these coded symbols, I'm laughing out loud or crying or getting all worked up. There's been no physical no material change in my surroundings. Nothing funny actually happened. I just read those squiggly lines on that piece of paper, and now I'm laughing by myself in an otherwise empty room. That's magic. Sharing thoughts, writing, storytelling, the way in which the dead may still speak to us through these coded symbols, that is magic. Magic is understanding that, despite knowing the photochromatic physics that explain the how of that rainbow, I also experience a rainbow as a beautiful and fascinating phenomenon because my brain perceives it as a beautiful and fascinating phenomenon. Knowing how it works isn't what makes it beautiful to me. I don't need an empirical understanding of a rainbow to experience it Quote, properly. Rainbows are beautiful and fascinating to my human brain because they engage with what we are calling, for the purposes of this conversation, the magic perceiving parts of my brain. None of this is a refutation or challenge to the value and virtue of empiricism. I'm just saying, that we actually have tools in addition to the rational, laying right beside them, in fact. So we don't have to feel like we gotta spin out on just the rational approach to all the things all the time. After all, you're just as much a child of the silver moonlit world of beauty and wonder as you are of the golden sun's logic and reason. Well, that does it for the fourth episode of Wide Lens Longview. Hit me up with an email, widelenslongview at gmail.com. Rate and review the show if you wish to. Pass it on to a friend if you wish to, a stranger, maybe best of all to an enemy. I think that would be cool. For my part, I'm going to go get cracking on the next episode and we'll meet back here soon, eh? Thanks for listening. Be well. Be well.